What's going on, everybody? This is Drew here, and welcome you all to a brand new episode of Phoenix Down. Phoenix Down, episode number 51.0. And we are continuing the year of the RPG with another RPG, the level 5 RPG, known as Rogue Galaxy. Is that the top level? That is the top level. (laughs) Mid-level. Yeah, mid-level. And uh, Matt Quinn is with me for this one. Hello, friends. So, yeah. um, Rogue Galaxy. uh, Originally released on the PlayStation 2, and I believe 2004? I think. 2007 in North America? 2007? 2005 in Japan. Wow, okay. So this was out after the PS3 released. Wow. Wow. Okay. They took, uh, you know, they made this is their what fourth PS2 game, so it was deep into the PS2 life cycle. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, level five have made a lot of games. Um, most notably, and I think the one that actually really put them on the map was Nino Cooney. To be honest with you. No, Professor Layton has to be the biggest one, right? Well, I mean, it seemed like everybody talked about Nino Cooney. You know what yeah. I mean? Everybody, because they were like they they worked with like St- Studio Ghibli, and it was I mean it was supposed to be basically it's like it's like watching an animated movie basically, um, which I have put maybe three hours into that game. Unfortunately, I've never really touched it that much. But exactly where I am, I'm about five hours in. Yeah, I loved it, and but I just set it aside and and haven't had a strong reason to go back to it yet. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was absolutely fantastic. I love the the art style. I love the, the characters. The uh, voice acting was fantastic. Um, but yeah, so Rogue Galaxy. I like this game. I, yeah, I I played this game. I know I did. I remember playing it on the PS2, no less. I think. Oh, it was on the PS2. Um. But for the life of me, I can't remember any of it. Mm. Like, I, I don't remember any of this game. But I know I played it. I, I distinctly remember playing it. Um, and that's really my history with the game. Um, Matt, have you ever touched this game before? I have not actually played it myself. But I this is one of those games where I actually 
spent some time watching other people play, which I haven't done a lot with a lot of games. You know, most of my game time is solo in a dark room. Right. Uh, certainly for RPGs. Oh yeah. Uh, but but this was one I had a I lived with a guy who was real big into the PS2 and always had a second chair in his room. So I mean we were just post college and grad school, so it wasn't like we weren't living in a fancy apartment. So he you know his bedroom was his his own living room as well. And uh, he had two chairs there by his TV. And we spent a lot of time in those chairs watching hockey games and playing Street Fighter. But one of the games that I remember watching him play, not even a ton of, but but it made an impression on me because the game is so visual, was Rogue Galaxy. So I I never actually played it, but I probably watched a good four or five hours of it total. Okay. But, um, yeah, it's the life of me. I can't remember when I played it. Or, or anything really about it. I remember some of the characters, um, but God, I like I don't know if I ever beat it. So that was during how that was. That was during my my. <laughs> I'll put this way in my real lifetime, where I had like a full time job and and you know was out on my own kind of thing. Um. But yeah, I can't remember any of this. Hell, I mean, this game came out whenever I knew you. Wow, that that's a fucking statement. That's yeah. crazy. <laughs> this game feels like it's decades old. I mean, just yeah. the fact that it's a PS2 game, it's all multiple generations ago. This game is not 10 years old. That is crazy. Yeah, because me and you were doing podcasts in early 2008. So... I think I may have been talking to you on Twitter. <laughs> That's crazy. That is crazy. Um, so yeah, for life of me, I thought this game was older than that. I thought it was like 2002, 2004, somewhere around in there. I thought I saw 03 somewhere, but all right, let's let's let, let, let's figure this out because I'm I'm going to go to Wikipedia because that's the source of everything. Both I got 05 in two different locations for Japanese release. All right, Rogue Galaxy. I'm bringing it up. The game was released in Japan in December of 2005 and North America in January of 2007. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. I thought this game was a lot older. I am wrong. So, yeah. Um, Now, are you saying that because you think it feels older? No, I just, for some reason, I've always known about this game, it seems like. Like, every time I went to a, like a GameStop or something like that, I'd always see it on the shelf and say, that looks like an interesting cover. You know, and I'm like, oh yeah, that game. After I, after I had played it, I was like, oh yeah, that game that I don't remember. I, I don't know what, I, like, I can't, I don't know my history of this game. It's, it's weird. It flitted in and out of your life. Yeah. So, but, um, yeah, we're playing it now. Um, luckily the game is divided into chapters, so it's pretty easy to gauge where to go from, from where we are kind of thing. Um, but the game is a action role-playing game. 
So unlike a lot of the turn-based role-playing games that most people real, recognize when you say JRPG, uh, this one is, is you, you move around, you have an attack button, you have multiple attack buttons. Um, and you can jump, you can dodge, stuff like that. Um, and uh, the battles are kind of like random encounters, so you'll be running around the world and all of a sudden it'll pop up warning and then you're in a battle. Um, Not much of a warning. No. Uh, and it's, <laughs> it seems a little glitch sometimes when it wants to pop up random battles. I'll do a random battle and finish it. And as soon as the result screen has gone away, I get another warning and I'm like, wow, really? Huh. And it's whenever I'm wanting to go somewhere, if I'm wanting to grind, I can't find a battle anywhere. It seems like. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of like, uh, and it's got a lot of mechanics. It's, it's interesting. So. Um, I'll just talk about the mechanics before we get into any type of story stuff. Um, you have three party members, active party members at a time. You can control one, whichever one you want to. Uh, and there's a menu that you can hit that pauses the game. So you can choose what you want to do. Use items, use an ability, stuff like that. Uh, every time you attack, it takes away your AP bar, um, which is kind of like your action points. Uh, so every time you attack or use an item or anything like that, it's going to take away your AP, kind of like Fallout, if anybody wants to think of it like that. Uh, and if you run out of AP, you can't attack for a while until the meter fills back up. Um, but you can always guard. And if you hold down R1 to guard, whenever an enemy attacks you while you're guarding, it automatically fills your AP bar back to maximum. So it's kind of like this give and take of knowing when to attack and when to block kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, Which is especially important because you have to heal other people and fairly frequently and activate their abilities for them. Yeah. So, um, if, so there's, you can give battle tactics. Um, there's ones where it's basically like spread out and attack different enemies or everybody gang up on one enemy or there's another one called go all out, which is basically, you guys can use your abilities however you want to, use as many items as you want to when you need them kind of thing, and let them kind of like be their own player. Um, and I'll be honest with you, I find this game very difficult. Um, it, I, like, I, to, to, I, don't, I can't figure it out. It's like the enemies can stun lock me far too easily. Uh, my AI companions go down way easy. And I don't know. It, it, it's And if you die, it's game over. There is no retry or anything like that. You go back to your last save. And there's been a couple of times so far in the playthrough where I died and lost like an hour's worth of playtime. And said, I don't want to play again. <laughs> There's a lot of saves, though. There are a lot of saves. That's the thing. Is like when you when you run around an area, um, there's a lot of like teleportation devices. So that's where your save points are as well. And you can teleport from one place to another if you found that teleportation device already. Um, and the first few levels, the first few areas that we went to had a lot of them kind of spread around. But there's been times where I like, I would fight a lot of stuff 
like level up like twice and then die, especially to those fucking mimics. Mm. And oh man, you talking about me being pissed? <laughs> I, I like especially those mimics too, because this is like I, you can't run away from them. I'm just like okay, I guess I'm stuck here. I have no healing items, no resurrections. I'm kind of screwed. Um, the most efficient way to to win a battle is to have everybody go all out. So they use their own items and stuff like that. If you don't do that, it pops up suggestions. So for the most part, you're going to be playing as the main character whose name is Jaster. And um, while you're in battle and somebody gets hit too many times, they can it'll prompt up. Somebody will yell out to Jaster, hey, do you want me to use a healing potion? And you can hit a button for them to automatically use a healing potion while still fighting. Or they'll be like, hey, now's a good time for me to use my special ability. Um, and, and that their AP, right? Because you can also heal them yourself using your AP. Yes. So, uh, and it's one of those things where there's a little bit, so if you just let them use a healing potion while in battle, um, it, it takes is a slight delay. They have to, you know, do the animation of using a healing potion. If you bring up the menu, they automatically heal. So, I always found it better just to pause the battle and use healing potions that way. Um, so they they constantly give you battle suggestions like, hey, do you want me to use this ability right now? And you can say yes. And abilities use up basically what your magic points are. Um, and so far, you don't get that many magic points. You know, if you use probably three abilities in a battle, you're kind of stuck not using abilities unless you have, like, um, a magic point, you know, potion or whatever. I, don't, I can't remember what they're called. Stamina something. Something about stamina. Um, so, I don't know. It's it's weird. It's... <sighs> What what are you what are you doing? Because like me and you have had discussions about this, and I'm trying to figure this out. What I'm doing wrong? Yeah, because I think we both know I'm not very good at video games. Well, and, I'm, uh, I'm not either. But I I really have not had any problems with this game yet, as far as difficulty goes. Uh, I died one time, I believe, and. That was only because it was early in the game, and I didn't realize that you don't sort of auto-refill after battles. So I started a battle and then died one hit in, because I didn't realize I was almost dead already. But aside from that one time, I haven't died. Now, I have used a lot of healing potions. I do think that they are uh, the enemies are aggressive. And, you know... It, there have been multiple battles where I've had to use many healing items. Yeah. But that's for for me that's as far as it's gone. I have died at least probably 10 15 times. And and went back to last save kind of thing. Um I mean, yeah, that that's the only thing I can think of is to go to a shop and just stock up on healing potions like crazy. Currently, right now, after grinding, I have about 48 healing potions um, and like 20-something resurrections. 
Um, okay. it's, it, I find it really easy to grind because Jaster gets a special ability called Desert Wind. Yep, that's what I was going to say. That it just wipes out the entire fucking screen. Right about the time the game was starting to get hard, I leveled up Desert Wind. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, filling up your your AP is much easier than filling up your life. And by that, I mean it's much cheaper to buy your AP refilling potions. Uh-huh. So if you just buy those AP refilling potions... I'm at the point now where I can get two to three battles in before I need one. So uh, I think my my AP is mid fifties. So I guess I guess it's two. I can get two desert winds in, which is two full sets of enemies dead without them ever touching any characters. Yeah. And then you only need one AP potion to refill you to get two more. Yeah. And you so much experience from killing full sets of like five or six or seven enemies that I mean I'm I'm going up multiple levels without taking a hit just just by using desert wind yeah I, I'm starting to figure that out now um but yeah it's I don't know I maybe I'm I feel like I'm doing something wrong I'm, I'm trying to I try to expend my my uh not ability points. It, it, it's the one where every time you attack, it goes down. I expend that and then block and then just try to stab again in a lot of the battles. Um, and I use some abilities. Like I've I've got a lot of abilities for Jaster. Um, I don't know. I just I feel like I'm doing something wrong. But uh, yeah. Well, well, we'll get into a little bit more of that um let me just talk about the story a little bit so you play as a character named jaster jaster rogue is his name and he lives on a kind of like a desert planet kind of like tatooine um with a uh a priest a priest took him in as a child uh who was he was abandoned at a church as a child and he raised him and uh Jaster has kind of been like a um scavenger hunter kind of guy um trying to provide for the priest as well as some people in the community uh and then uh one day he runs into um well I I'll, I'll put I take that back um the the village that he lives in gets attacked by a giant monster and multiple monsters and so he f- springs into action and runs into this mysterious guy. Um, he doesn't know who he is, but he's helping him out in battles and stuff like that. Um, and uh, the guy gives him his sword because he's like, well, you need to go kill that big monster, but I got to go. And so here, take my sword because it'll help you kill the monster. Um, he, Jaster then runs into a couple of other fellas uh, a little, or not a little, a tall robot and an alien looking guy. I don't know. I don't think he's a robot. Yeah. Hard to tell because he wears that mask. Yeah. And it makes him look kind of mechanical, but I don't think he is cause he's a big fat guy. Yeah. His name's big... si- Simon. Scottish accent. He's got a Scottish accent 
And then the robot, what's the robot's name? Steve. Steve. So Steve and Simon, and they're on they're on the planet looking for this mysterious guy, this well known bounty hunter uh, named Desert Claw. Um, and they see Jaster with that mysterious guy's sword and say, "Hey, that's that's mysterious. That's the the guy. That's the Claw guy." We need to, we need you to come with us. And they're like, well, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Why do you want me to come with you? He said, well, we're space pirates. And Jaster, his big dream was going into space and becoming a pirate. Now, this has the Disney version of pirates. Cause every time, <laughs> every time I think of a pirate, I think of horrible villain people. You know, people who, went to other people's towns and killed them and stole their stuff. Those are pirates. Um, but, you know, the happy-go-lucky, you know, swash, swashbuckler, you know, we're going to get treasure and yay, adventures. This is the kind of pirates that they are. Um, and so Jaster's like, well, I totally want to be a pirate. And I want to go on space adventures with you guys. So he joins up with them. Uh, but that, that comes a little bit later because we have to go kill that big monster first. So we uh, we go through the town fighting a few monsters here and there, getting kind of getting all the tutorial stuff out of the way. Uh, and we finally make it to the, the giant monster. Um, and uh, the boss battles in this game require a little bit of finesse. They they require more than just mashing on the button and, you know, just using abilities and stuff like that. And so um, Simon, the little alien guy, he gives us a special kind of gun. Uh, a gun that creates platforms, which allows us to um, create platforms to jump up on the monster's back and then attack its weak spot. Um, needless to say, this, this boss fight wasn't that difficult. It's basically like the tutorial boss. Um, we take it down, and um, there's like another mechanic involved in the game where you basically are a monster hunter or a bounty hunter, and you get bounties on different types of monsters. And if you kill a big one, then you can basically turn it into the, the monster hunting committee or whatever, and you go up ranks, you know, ranking of the best bounty hunters in the galaxy. So we take that one out. And that brings us up a rank, and then they give us a bunch of other objectives that we can do to get more ranks. Um, so they they tell him that hey, we're space pirates, and we want you to join us because we've been looking for you. And they they think we're this mysterious guy, who, who is also known as Desert Claw, this well known bounty hunter. So um, Jasper's like, well, I'm going to use this opportunity to say yeah. So uh, he decides to travel to their pirate ship uh, which is out in the middle of the desert um, we don't know why exactly they parked out in the middle of the desert we do find out later but um we get this crazy cutscene. that's like basically the, the title intro where these gigantic like sandworms yeah come tremors. up out of yeah tremors basically giant tremors I'm talking like as big as buildings come up out of the ground and is trying to eat Jaster, uh, and the pirates take off. They're like, "Sorry, good luck." 
And Jester's like, what the fuck? You guys just going to leave me here? And then he's trying to run from them and stuff like that. And uh, he finally gets picked up by a girl who came off of the pirate sh- ship on a, um, on kind of like a speeder bike. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she takes him back up to the, uh, to the ship and they take off, go into the galaxy. And that's, cool. yeah. And they, they pops up, you know, rogue galaxy. That was kind of like the, the late title card kind of sequence. Um, immediately the art style mixed with the kind of like kid friendly characters, very, very, um, very colorful characters. You know, you got this alien guy with a Scottish accent. You got this really, um, proper sounding, um, Android walking around, you know, it, it gives off this. It, it really reminds me of Star Wars a lot. Yeah, and because um, there's like there's there's old relic stuff mixed in with futuristic space exploration stuff. Um, and it really gives off like this this kind of like epic Studio Ghibli kind of movie. Um, which that's what Level Five does. Great. Yeah, especially for its time, for being a PS2 game. You know, yeah. with Nino Kuni, you'd expect a little bit more of not even presentation values, just just nuance to it because it's so much newer. But for how old this game is, it, it's pretty gorgeous, I think. Yeah. And just you're right, the art style mixed with the the color of the game, mixed with the color of the characters. Uh, mixed with sort of the, not laid-back action, but sort of light-hearted action. I mean, the battles are pretty quick. I don't know. It, it's just, to, to me, this is this game is like a breath of fresh air. It's fun. It's colorful. It's kind of a game that I imagine the characters have smiles, and I'm smiling when I'm playing it. Uh, I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. Yeah. Uh, that, that's one thing I have to give it is the presentation is top-notch. I, I really enjoy the look, the, the characters, stuff like that. Granted, it we see later on, it feels a little rushed with its characters and its story mm-hmm. um, to me. Um, so, I mean, we might as well just get into the story a little bit. Because a lot of the stuff is in cutscenes. I mean, there's a whole chapter that's basically just a cutscene. Um, or most of it's a cutscene. Um. So we go on aboard the what's the name of the ship? Gorgongoa. The Gargan Gorgongoa. Uh, Dorgan Dorgongoa. Yeah. Yeah, the Dorgongoa. And uh we are introduced to our the 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 robot guys Simon and um Steve and uh the uh the girl that saved us. Um the Dorgonark. Yeah. Uh, she, she is actually the captain of the ship's daughter. Um, fuck, see, it's been so long since I've had her in my party. What the hell is her name? Kasala. Kasala. Yeah. Okay, Kasala. She uh she came out and saved us. She's you know she's basically introducing everybody to us, and we can go explore the um, the ship and stuff like that. And um, kind of for now, we actually 
this ship is actually pretty well known in the galaxy. Even Jasher has heard of them. Um, and he's really impressed. He's like, man, I'm actually on this ship with all these people. Um, uh, on top of that, there is also another bounty hunter along for the ride that they recruited. Um, and he's, I guess he's well known. Is he well known? Yeah, I don't think as well known as Desert Claw, but yeah. Um, Zephyrin? Is that his name? Zephyrin? Zegrim. 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 Everybody's got these weird names. I can't remember half of them. (laughs) Um, But Zegrim uh, is kind of like a very seasoned seasoned bounty hunter veteran. Um, He he seems to know his way around a battle. Um, And he's like, he knows of Desert Claw as well. And he's like, I I thought that you'd be a lot older. Because I think Jasper's only, what, 19? 18, 19. Um, and, uh, he, they recruited him as well. Cause, uh, the captain is looking for multiple bounty hunters and we don't exactly know why they're, they're looking for some type of treasure. Um, and, uh, they need some pretty heavy muscle to get there. And that's pretty much all we know. We're kind of left in the dark for a little while. Um, we also meet the first mate who is a cat. Um, I don't like that character. (laughs) There's always a JRPG character that I can't stand. And I found him. Uh, he's bossy. He's stupid. Um, I don't know why he's the first mate. Um, uh, but yeah, we're, we're actually not so, f- as far as I've gotten the game, we have not been introduced to the captain itself. Yeah, me either. So, um, we, uh, we're, we're on our way to, uh, the, I, I don't want to say it's a capital, but it's the most technologically advanced planet in the galaxy. And we're going there for a specific reason. They won't tell us why. But we got to go there first before we start our adventure. So while we're on our way there, um, we unfortunately get attacked by a bunch of monsters out in space. Um, we try and fight them off, but it brings the ship down. And uh, the ship lands on a another planet, a local planet uh, that's uh, basically covered in um, jungle forest. Um, Zegram seems like he's been here before because he keeps mentioning multiple things. Um, but we land there. The ship seems to be intact. Unfortunately, um, we've lost most of our, uh, fuel, uh, in the crash. So we have to, in order to get back on, 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 on track, get back on the, in space. I don't know how, how would you say that? Get back on the seas, but get back on. So, like, I need to explain this. I don't know how this works. <laughs> yeah, it's Peter Pan style ship. Yeah, we're talking old school pirate ships, like with sails and stuff. But in the back, they have jet boosters in the shape of a of a a U that they use, and you can go out on deck and walk around and breathe. 
and you're basically standing outside in space. I don't know how it works. Magic. Who knows? Force fields. Force fields. So, um, but we need more fuel to get us back into space. It's a little awkwardly convenient that being a jungle planet, there's no fuel sitting around. But this just happens to be a planet where they mine the fruits that they make the fuel out of. Yeah. That's a bit convenient. Well, it's a video game. So we get the bright idea, or Zegron gets the bright idea of saying, let's go look around the forest. There is a special type of plant that creates the fuel, basically. Um, The fruit can be used to make the fuel, so we need to gather some of that fruit. So we run around this jungle planet, um, and we can't find the fruit anywhere. We do run into some natives of the planet who don't take kindly to us at all. And these are kind of like tribal people. Um, Very, I mean, they use spears and wear voodoo masks and stuff like that. Um, And here we are with space equipment on and blasters and, you know, laser swords and shit. So, um, but there's a reason why they're like that. Because there's a few, there's been people who have crashed here before. Uh... So, um, but we keep continue on through the, uh, the jungle area and we're looking for these people because maybe they know where the plant is that we can get the fuel from. And this is where the game kind of, you start seeing the structure of the game itself. Um, so each planet is going to be an area where you're going to meet multiple people, um, probably get some story bits, but on not overarching story bits. You know what I mean? There's yeah. they're spiced in there very little. Um so we meet with some of these people, uh these tribal people. Uh the first few we actually run into are people who have been banished from the the tribe itself. Uh and they've been banished because they kind of embrace technology. They know that there's technology out there. They've met people who have this technology, um, and they want to use it to advance their society. The tribesman and the the elder refuses to to use any of this technology. Looks at it as like it's witchcraft or something, um, and it's forbidden. And so they banish these guys. And we run into these guys um, who kind of help us out. They they repair a gun for us. They uh, create bombs and stuff like that using technology. Um, And we use these items. So that's another mechanic of this game is that you run into a a point where you can't progress. And there's like a question mark there. And you have to use something in your inventory to basically solve the puzzle. So let's say there's a gigantic boulder in the way. Um we got a bomb from one of the tribesmen. We can now use that bomb from our inventory to blow up the boulder. So, which I think would be a lot cooler if there were options, like multiple ways that you could figure out how to get past it as if it were a puzzle. In this case, it's not a puzzle. It's just like a stage gate. Yeah. Especially go get a key. You'll get your key to pass, but it's not, you know, there's nothing to figure out. Just, just keep progressing. Yeah. 
So, uh, and there's, you know, like, we get a special power glove that lets us lift heavy things. Um, there's the bomb. There's uh, the freeze gun, which actually comes in handy. Um, the freeze gun was originally broken. We took it to a guy who fixed it. Now we can freeze a waterfall, and then we can climb up it so we can reach farther. Um, but eventually we run into the, the, the town itself, the, the tribesman's town. Uh, and they won't let us in. So we, uh, decide we're going to try and find an alternate route, hopefully find somebody that will help us out. And we run into a, um, a young woman and a little girl. I say it's a little girl, uh, these games and their, I want to marry this person that looks like they're 16. Um, she doesn't even look 16. Uh, we meet a woman named Lilica. Uh, and she is there with her sister. Uh, and she's talking to her about basically trying to save the tribe. Um, and we don't really get the whole gist of it. All, all we can figure out is that they're going to have to sacrifice her to a god to make sure that the tribe is saved. And Lilica doesn't really feel good about that, but it's for the best of the tribe. And so, um, we don't really know how to react to that, but they get attacked by some monsters. Uh, we fight those monsters off, um, and save Lilica and her sister. And, uh, Lilica then says, well, you guys are good in my eyes. You guys can come into the village, allow us to go into the village. Then we get more story story being, there's an illness going around, uh, something to do with this tainted fruit that um, keeps popping up, and it gets the tribesmen sick. They eventually die, and they say it's because they have angered the sun god, or the star god. It's a star god, excuse me. Um, and so every once in a while, they have to make a sacrifice to this god to keep the forbidden fruit from popping back up and killing people. So, uh, they have decided, the elder has decided that they're going to sacrifice, um, Lilica's sister. Um, Lilica's sister is blind. We find that out. Um, she can't see because she was attacked by a, a monster, uh, years ago. Um, and the monster got away. And uh, Lilica kind of holds herself responsible for it. Um, and uh, they kind of lock her up and get ready for the next day when they're going to sacrifice her to the star god. And so we hang out in town. We try to figure out a way to get them to change their minds about this. They're not having it. Um, there's another tribesman who is in love with Lilica's sister. And yeah. He, yeah. It's going to look like she's 12. Yeah. She looks like she's really young. Um, he's in love with her and wants to, to be with her and he refuses to let them sacrifice her, but they're not having it. They remove him and they then proceed to take her to where she needs to be sacrificed. Lilica will be taking her there. We follow suit. Um, 
and before we get to the boss, uh, we, we I should explain who we had in our party. It was Jaster, uh, Zingram, and Captain's daughter. What's her name again? Silica. Sala. Say it again. Sala. Sala. Uh, with a K, Kasala. Kasala. Okay, Kasala. Jesus, can't remember these characters' <laughs> names. Um, I only can because I'm looking at them. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Zingram actually wanders off somewhere. We don't know where he went. Um, and we're on our way to, to stop them from sacrificing the girl. Um, but we see a cutscene where he is actually talking on a communicator to somebody. We don't know who in a very menacing way, talking about how everything's going according to plan. Um, there's an issue though. We got stuck on a planet, but we'll be there soon kind of thing. And we're like, Oh boy. Sounds like treachery is afoot. Yeah, a trail. Mm-hmm. So we uh we go to um to where they're getting ready to sacrifice. Um and we confront uh Lilica and um say this is wrong. We sh- shouldn't be doing this. And uh here comes the Star God. The Star God is like this gigantic spider. Um, and Lilica remembers it from back when she was a child and that's the same monster that attacked them when they were younger and blinded her sister. So she decides I'm taking this fucker out. And so we have a boss fight. So it's, uh, Zingram still hasn't shown back up yet. Um, so we have a boss fight with our new party member. Um, and, uh, we can use that freezing gun, which came in real handy here. You can freeze a sucker solid for like five seconds and just wail on it. It works out really well against the imposters as well. Are you talking about the mimics? The mimics, yeah. Yeah. Coming out of the boxes. Oh, yeah. Freeze and then just unload on them. I hate mimics with a passion. I don't know why they made mimics so difficult to kill in this game. And they do so much fucking damage. It's ridiculous. Like, you'll walk up to a treasure chest, and when you begin to open it, you go into a fight against a mimic. Those of you who don't know, mimics are actually from Dungeons and Dragons, where it's a very powerful creature that mimics itself as a treasure box and then eats people who try to open it. So, um, and there's tons of them spread out throughout this entire fucking game. And they're hard as shit to kill, and they do so much damage. That has been most of my game overs, is going to a treasure chest, not knowing it's going to be a mimic, and then, oh, look, now my entire party's dead. So, I mean, it was to a point there for a while where I wasn't even opening treasure chests. I was like, fuck it, I'm not going by them. Oh, damn. Um, so, uh, we beat the boss, and... I don't know why, for some reason, um, they come to the conclusion that that spider monster was also creating the forbidden fruit that was killing everybody. Yeah. I don't know how they came to that conclusion. Yeah, I'm not sure. But, so, here's what happened. We go back to town, and they meet with the elder... And the elder 
knows what we did and knows what we did was the right thing to do, but he has his rules. And if he doesn't have his rules, the entire tribe goes into chaos. You defied the star god. So, Lilica, you were banished from our tribe forever. So Lilica's like, all right, fuck y'all. What's that? Did he say forever? I don't know if he said forever. I, I don't know. Maybe. Because I knew at one point, he's, maybe after they left, he said, just go do what you have to do and then come back and save us. I don't remember that. I know that she was talking to the guy who's in love with her sister, and he was like, come back and see us again. And she's like, I will. I remember her saying that because he appoints the the guy as the uh, the leader of the like the guards now because she was the leader of the guards. So she decides to join us on our merry little pirate brigade. Um, and we run back. Well, Z- Zengram shows back up right after we killed the boss and is like, "Hey, I found some of that fruit we need to make fuel." He's like, that's what I've been doing this entire time. Yeah, leaving you to die at the hands of the Star God. Yeah. So we got everything in order. We got a new party member. We jump back on the ship, and we take off. We're going back. We're, we're still on track for the the very technologically advanced city. Uh, we finally get a little bit more from the first mate. He's saying the reason why we're going there is because, well... Our docking pass is, has basically expired. It's been expired for a few months now, and we have to go back to the, the capital. I'll just call it the capital because, fuck it, it, it's like the capital. We have to go back to the capital planet to renew our license. Even space pirates need licenses. So we go to the the the, the planet. What's the You remember the planet's name? Uh, Zerard? Zerard. There you go. And, um... Person than a planet, but okay. Yeah. Uh, we go to Zerard, uh, land there. They allow us to land, uh, they allow people with expired passes to land there for a few days to get everything in order. And we go into the big city. This is a gigantic city. Um, and, uh, Lilica wants to join us. So Lilica comes with us. And, uh, Simon, the little alien guy. And Jaster. So everybody else is staying on board the ship. Um, and we go into the city to go get our uh, our license renewed. Um, we go to the license office. And uh, there is a woman there working the desk. When we talk to her, she says that we can't reissue license right now. You'll have to come back later. And we're like, why? And because, well, there's some major stuff going on. Uh, come to find out there was a, uh, explosion, almost like a terrorist attack that took place in the city. And, uh, they had to put everything on lockdown. Um, and it's from the, uh, what was the name of the, 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 the villains of this game? The ones that we keep hearing about during the war. Oh, shit. I can't remember. So there's like two warring factions. Um, and they're kind of in the midst of a war right now, but it's kind of spread out. Um, one of them was the Draxian Empire. The Draxian Empire, yeah. The Draxians 
are are attacking and starting a war, basically. And uh, they believe that a Draxian terrorist attack had happened, and they have everything on lockdown. Um, and uh, Lilica is not having any of this. She's like, "This is bullshit," kind of thing. She, you know, she's she's ha- she's throwing a fit, and like, we want our fucking license, and you know, we demand to have it now. Um. So she calls the guards on us, um, and the guards arrest us for being terrorists. Based uh, on the word of a pop idol who's working behind a desk. Yeah, so there's a pop idol. So that was the girl, what was her name, Mio or something like that? Something like that. While we were talking to her, two of these, these dumb guards, these dim-witted guards come up. And are like, I want to get your autograph. I want to have your picture taken with me and stuff like that. And we're like, who the fuck is this person? She's like a pop idol or something like that. And she's also working the front desk of a licensing office. Yeah, I don't get that at all. Um, and these guys are absolutely in love with her. And so when she freaks out, so when Lilica freaks out, she's, she starts freaking out saying that these guys are terrorists. And they just arrest us because she's a pop idol and they believe her. And they throw us in prison. So, um, we're stuck in prison. We run into, uh, this warden who seems really evil. Um, and yeah, comically evil. Um, (laughs) and, uh, we keep uh, giving him lip and he's like, throw him in the worst cell, basically. And they, he puts us in level four, which is like the worst level you can be in in the prison. And uh, throws us in jail. Um, and kind of not, he's actually doing experiments on the... Uh, we, we get this throughout the prison area uh, in small cutscenes and stuff like that. But he's doing experiments on the prisoners. I don't, I don't exactly know what yet. Because I haven't got there, but um, he's torturing them and trying to turn them into something. Um, but we're able to get out of our cell because there is another inmate in there with us who looks like a cat. He has a hood on, but he's a talking cat. And uh, he's there, and he's like, uh, "I'm getting out. I don't know about you guys." And he has two guys dressed up as guards who open the door for us. And he's like, if you guys want to get out, you can. Otherwise I'm leaving. So we leave and we have to make our way up to the first level of the prison, um, while fighting off a bunch of monsters because monsters are just running around this prison. At that point in the game with the cat, I got another star Wars vibe. Okay. I felt like he was definitely rocking the Jedi robe. Yeah. Yeah. He had the Jedi robe. He, you couldn't see his face, but you could see, you can see his nose, and it looked like a cat nose and mouth. It's so weird and dumb. It's it's just so Japanese. That's the thing. It's like we're watching Dragon Ball Z, and there's, there's these characters that the one's a cat because. So, um, and that's where I am right now. I'm traversing up to level one of the uh, of the prison. I did to- find the prison to be pretty tough. Yeah, fights, fight after fight. This was this was when I decided I had to grind. I'm yeah. I'm I'm way past halfway through the prison. I know because I just hit level one, and I'm pretty sure that's the end. Um, 
and I I ran into a mimic that killed me, and I was like, okay, it's time to grind. So I just I for about forty minutes I ran back and forth from a save point, refilling my health and doing battles because I I'm sick of I'm sick of one random battle almost killing me. Yeah. And I was just like, this is ridiculous. At the same time, I'm getting a bunch of money, and there's a shop guy right next to me. So I go and buy healing potions from him, resurrections, and just keep going. So that's where I stopped. I, I, I probably grinded about seven or eight levels. Do you know what level you are? Currently, Jaster is at 21. Oh, yeah, you're pretty... Pretty high up there then. Yeah. Because I'm quite a bit past here and I'm only level 24. Yeah. So that is where I am and that is where we'll stop. Um, first impressions, I really like the presentation. Um, I like... It's weird. The combat, to me, is difficult as shit. Um, it's okay. Uh, you have a lock on. Is it, like here, Here's the thing. The combat reminds me a lot of Kingdom Hearts. I don't yep. know if anybody's ever played Kingdom Hearts, but it's a lot like that. Um, and But your abilities are a little different. So, like in Kingdom Hearts, you'd have a fire ability, which you just automatically throw out a fireball. In this one, it's like a small cutscene that shows you using the ability, and then it just automatically takes place. There are no abilities that uh, that just target one guy. You either have abilities that buff your character or your allies, uh do or do massive area of effect damage. Those are the only abilities I've ran into. You know, so Jaster has a, 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 I think it's called the flare sword where he basically a flash sword. That's what it is. The flash sword where he, he basically puts electricity on his sword and now his attacks do electric damage and do, do more damage. So that's one of his abilities. Then he also has Desert Wind, which is basically a small cutscene of him doing a special attack where like a, a wind tornado comes in and hits everything, and then it just automatically does the damage right there. So it's it's weird because your abilities aren't something you pop on the fly and 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 to do damage. It's basically like these these battle altering abilities. And every character has those. You know, I, I know Simon's got the one where it's like the rocket barrage, where he just basically shoots a whole bunch of rockets in the air and they all come down on guys. Yep. Uh, and that's one of his area effects ones. And then he's got some that are just, you know, and this is all done through a skill tree that's really weird. <laughs> yeah. So the skill tree, if you think of it, it's a lot like Final Fantasy X's, where you use. You, there's there's different paths you can go down. Yeah. Um, and in order to unlock a skill, you have to have items to put into slots. So items could be something you can purchase. It can be something you can get off of killing an enemy. Or it can be something that you find in a treasure chest. Um, and they're called revelations. So when you put every necessary item into a slot, a designated slot you will unlock that ability. You have a revelation and you learn a new ability. Um, some abilities are basically defense up, so passive abilities. Some of them are area of effect abilities, or you can buff your character. 
and it's different levels of those abilities. So I have Desert Wind level two, so it makes yeah. it more stronger, but it also costs more ability points to use. So it's it's this really weird upgrade system. And then on top of that, your character levels up, and they get stronger, have more hit points, stuff like that too. Um, I find it excellent because you can tailor your characters because you only have a certain number of items. Like you might need some special potion, and you might have three characters who could use that potion in their unlock tree. So it's not like each character just gets points and evolves. You get to choose sort of you can focus on characters and evolve them more than other ones. And one thing that I'm glad for is that even though I only have three people in my party, everybody that I know, every party member that's not even being used still gets experience points. They don't get as much, but they still get experience points. Yeah. So you can level up people who aren't even in your active party right now. And I'm totally fine with that. But yeah, I mean, I, I know you you said on the last podcast that you're pretty much in love with this game. Um, you still feel that way? Yeah. Um, I I don't know what it is. There's something about the, you know, it's not that the game is cute per se. Uh-huh. It's just, it's so fun. I mean, not not in a, in a pure fun kind of way, but it's, it's lighthearted. Yeah. You know, it's an it's a fun adventure. We're shooting through the skies. I'm just everything about the game. I like. I think it it really reminds me of Star Wars. Yeah, it reminds me of Star Wars a little bit. Even Level Five's other games. I mean, I only played a little bit of Nino Cooney, but I absolutely fell in love with Jean Dark on the PSP. Yeah, I mean that might be my favorite PSP game, and it was. You know, in some ways nothing special, but in other ways it was exactly like this game. It was bright, it was colorful. Uh, you know, it, it took sort of a standard JRPG format, but but made it fun. And in that case, it was like a SRPG. Mm-hmm. Um, but j- just the little things, or or little add-ons. Like I, I love the skill tree. I love the fact that you can choose which characters you're leveling up. I love the fact that when you're in combat. You don't. You can't just mash. I mean, some early on you fight those giants where you have to jump up in the air and hit them in the head to do damage to them. Yeah. Then you've got those flower things where you have to jump on them to open them up so that they're then vulnerable. I love that extra level of interaction in the fights. I mean, now a lot of them, like I said, especially in the prison, it's just use desert wind over yeah. and over. Again. But those are also the grindy ones that I don't care about missing. You know, when you, when you get new characters or new enemies and you get some of the ones that you need to do something to to affect them, you know, that makes the fact that it is sort of an action RPG much more interesting. You know, I, I, I certainly love your, your standard turn-based RPG as well, but this is another thing where, I mean, they can both be very good, but which one's more fun and engaging? It's usually going to be a, th- this is more higher tempo, it's quicker, it's faster. And, uh, you know, to me, that pairs really well with the with the themes of the game and as well as the, the color palette, and art style and all that. And all of it seems to gel really well to me for a nice package. Cool. I, I mean, yeah, I feel the same way. Um, I think. Um, I, I a little don't know. Titan A.E. almost. Yeah. I mean, it, it feels like a Disney movie for teenagers um because you know their characters they say damn it and 
what the hell is going on and stuff like that. So you, you wouldn't see this from the PG movie, mm-hmm. but um, it feels like it feels like a Disney movie that took place in the eighties. You know what I mean? <laughs> if, if that makes any sense, um, because it's not overly violent. Um, the characters are kind of cutesy, I would say. You know, you got you got these charming fucking characters. You got this this fat little alien guy who, uh, you know, talks with a Scottish accent. Reminds me of Mister Drippy a little bit from Nino Cooney. Um, and it it, it just it, it kind of just oozes charisma. Yeah. Um, coupled, coupled with other things, like it's hard, really hard to get lost in the game. Yeah. So for me, that's another thing where you know it's almost cut out that level of layer of frustration that some games might have. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's always on the map showing you where you need to go, how you get there. Well, that may be a little bit of a challenge. I know the prison; it's always pointing to the right, and I'm like, well, I'm definitely not going right, but I'm going the right way, you know, kind of thing. I'll eventually get there, mm-hmm. um, and it's never been overly confusing or anything. Yeah. And the, I mean, the cutscenes are gorgeous. Playing it on this PS4, it, it is it is really good looking. Yeah. We should mention that we are both playing the PS4 HD remaster of this game. Which, I, this is actually the first one of those I've played. Uh, Do you have any of the other ones? Yeah, I have a couple of other ones, I think. I don't know that I've played any of them. I might actually have Dark Cloud. Yeah. Might be the only other one I have. But um yeah, they've done a real good job. I mean, I I said that I wish I could widescreen it, but at this point it doesn't really bother me. Yeah, again, that's how I felt. You know, right at, at the beginning, I'm like, "Oh, that would have taken this to, you know, that would have been the best you could get this game to look is if they had made it a full like widescreen experience." But to be honest, I I thought that for the first hour or two and then after that, I, I just don't even notice anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it for this episode. I um, I know that there's a few people out there playing along with us. Um, I did get some advice um, from a listener who told me to make sure to stock up on healing potions because I believe he is having the same problem I am, uh, which I have done. I have 48 healing potions. I know. I just looked. Um, and I can guarantee you, and those can be expended in like four battles. No way. <laughs> dude, dude, I, I, I'll tell you what. Just use four desert winds and you don't get hit once in those four battles. This is true, but I, <laughs> you, you got to look at it from my old school perspective of, <laughs> I just, uh, to me. You want to save your magic points for when you want to, when you got the boss thing. You know, you want to stock up. You want to be, you want to be ready to use your hard hitting attacks for the bosses and not on these trash battles, you know? Um, and, and that's how I feel. I need to change my mentality because I've actually looked it up. I looked up, I Google searched Rogue Galaxy difficulty and multiple people have mentioned it. And on forums, most of the time, people are saying, Use your fucking abilities. Use them all the time. Yep. That's the only way to beat this game. And it's like, you don't have to always use Desert Wind. Buff yeah, your characters, you know? I mean, uh, Zigram 
has the uh, the drunken sailor ability, where he gets drunk and is like super strong, <laughs> you know, and shit like that. So I mean, it's yeah, it's I mean, you need to buff your characters, you need to use your abilities. What I need to do is now stock up on the the magic point refill items, yeah. which is easy again because they're cheaper. Yeah, and from a you know from from level five side of designing the game, I I would think it's okay for people to be using all their magic on the regular enemies because it's not because the bosses aren't just stronger enemies yeah you know, the, yeah they're not yeah they're not sponges where you just not wail on them yeah so it's not just a matter of of buffing yourself and then going to town on them in the same way that you would a, a minor enemy yeah but so far i'm enjoying it you know there's been a couple of times where i'm like ah, i just lost like an hour's worth of progress and I'd be like, ah, I'm done for the day <laughs> kind of thing. Um, but no, I mean, it, it has a lot of charm to it. And to be honest with you, playing this just makes me want to go and finish Nino Kuni. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, I totally want to go back and play that game again because like that was that Nino Kuni was something else that, that was one of the things my ex-girlfriend disliked video games. But when I sat down and played Noon No Kuni and she watched like the first couple hours of it, she was fucking mesmerized by that game. And I was like, that's, that's something special right there. When, yeah. when, when you got a game that she likes to watch and I was like, oh, this is great. You know, cause, and it was sad. The beginning part of that game is so fucking sad. Yeah. Um, so I just, uh, I don't know. The, the one thing that makes me nervous about this game is if it continues just to be now we're in a new area and it's a fun, cool, bright new area with different enemies, but all of the issues exist within that area and don't tie into a greater story. Yeah, that that's what I, I was talking about with the structure. Yeah, so I don't, far I've, that's all I've seen. I don't need a deep story, but I do need something to give these people purpose. There's it's been area to area. Uh, it's it's going to lose a bit of its charm, I think. Yeah, there's been, there's been a few things here and there. Zigram's got something going on. He's he's obviously talking to somebody in the background, um, acting very traitory. Um, and we also got a cutscene of what looks like the main villain. He is talking. He's in a like a big like office, and he's overlooking the big city on. Um, on the, you know, the big, the technological planet. And he's there with a, uh, like a secretary or something like that. And he's talking about basically ruling the world. So we get a little bit of that, but so far that's all we got, you know, rest of it has been like these, you know, contained stories on these planets. And I think a bit of that's okay. Like for Lilica. Yeah. There was a bunch of like, planet isolated stuff on that planet but it, it, it was to give her some context so that she can join our party as, as more of a character and you know I, I assume we'll get another couple of characters yeah before we hit sort of whatever's gonna send our party towards its towards its climax right so I don't mind a little bit of this now I mean you're still building you're adding pieces but here and there but by the time we hit sort of mid game there, there better be a clear what what are we doing this for? Right. We don't want to trails of cold steel again. 
Yeah, where, where that comes like 90% of the game in. But this, that, that ending, though, that ending was really good. That was a good ending. <laughs> I'm really excited for that. That game comes out next week. I know Jay is already playing it, and he told me, you're going to be highly satisfied. I was like, okay. So really good, huh? He's like, I think he's had the game for probably about two days, three days, and he said he's already put like 15 hours into it. Oh wow! Yeah, dude, that that, that guy's insane. So yeah, he, he basically hasn't started it yet, then. Yeah, <laughs> he's Real only fun. 15 hours in. Yeah, true. But um, nah, I'm excited for that game. Um, but yeah, I do appreciate everybody listening. We don't have any emails uh, this week. Um, but if you would like to send us an email, it's uh, drew at ztgd.com. Uh, you can talk to us about Rogue Galaxy if anybody's playing along with us. I know there's a couple people out there who are. Um, and uh, you can also tweet to us. Uh, I am at DML Fury. Uh, Matt is at REMGS. And the podcast itself is at ZTGD Phoenix Down. Um, and uh, I, I think we've got pretty much everything set up for the next couple games. We're going to finish up Rogue Galaxy. Then we're moving on to Danganronpa 2. Uh, and then after that, it's the Halloween episode where we're going to have Eternal Darkness, Sandy's Requiem, back in our midst again. 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 So I'm going to beat this fucking game this time. I'm, like, there is no stopping. <laughs> um, and I don't know after that. We haven't, we haven't, we haven't thought about that. Probably another RPG of some sorts. Have you let me let me ask you this. Have you been playing any of The Witcher 3? Uh no. Yeah. I started it, but I have not gotten very far into it. Right. Have you made it out of White Orchard yet? Well, I don't even remember. Okay. I doubt it. I know I have not. I've done like three quests. <laughs> uh and I I would like to end this year talking about The Witcher 3. Not doing an entire playthrough of it, but just talking about our experiences with it. I don't know how we could do that. Um, I want to play that game so fucking badly. <laughs> the problem is, is that I have Phoenix Down games to do. I have review games to do. We're getting into the season now. I have to review Resident Evil 4 for I don't know how many. The, how, how many times have I re- reviewed Resident Evil 4? But I've got to review it again on the Xbox One. Um, and it's just, you know, there, there's so many things that, that, that pop up, you know. Um, but now nah, we'll figure something out. I'm sure we will. I, I want to I devote some time to The Witcher 3 because I think there's something spectacular about that game. Because I did, I did do one quest line that was like, this is fucking phenomenal. It, and it's an early quest line. This where it feels like you're literally hunting something, and it feels like you could have made like a a, a, a ten hour game out of this alone. Huh. It's it's that fucking good. Like the, it's so good, dude. There was a fucking there. There's a quest line that starts off with a woman wanting to get her fucking frying pan back. There's a woman who's like, "Hey, can you help me get my frying pan back?" And I'm like, "Okay." And she it's in that house right there. I bust into the fucking house. It's a fucking murder mystery. It leads to a fucking murder mystery. And I'm just like, what the hell is this game? And this is just like one contained thing. And there's this huge game 
God, I want to play Witcher 3. <laughs> but first things first. I'm we're gonna play we're gonna finish Rogue Galaxy. Danganronpa two. I really want to play that. And then Eternal Darkness. After that, we'll see how we feel. Because I kinda wanna I don't want to sit down and do like I did this in The Witcher Three each week kind of thing. Yeah. But I want to have a discussion on The Witcher Three. Because we played through both those games, the first one being a bit of a nightmare. A bit rough. Yeah. The second one being not as bad of a nightmare, but very interesting. Yeah, I, I really like that second second Witcher game. Yeah. So I I I want I I think November and some of December may be something to do with Witcher. I'm not certain. What may end up happening is we do an intermission or we take a couple weeks off just to sit down and say, hey, I want to play some Witcher 3, and then we have a big discussion on it. Because I have both DLCs. I have the fucking physical Gwent cards. (laughs) I'm a fucking madman, dude. I haven't even played this game. I'm three hours into that game. And I have a DLC that is at least 10 to 15 hours. And then I have a DLC that is almost half the size of The Witcher 3. That's insane. CD Projekt Red knows their shit. <laughs> yeah, they do not skimp on game. God, no. And I'll tell you one thing. I love me some fantasy, and The Witcher's fantastic fantasy. But Cyberpunk, when that game comes out, holy shit. I am going to be so down for that game. <laughs> the Witcher, but in... You know, the future, Cyberpunk Witcher, I'm totally down for that. So, anyway, enough of me talking about games that I'm not even playing. I appreciate everybody listening, though. And uh, we'll be back next week to talk about more Rogue Galaxy. Catch up with Jaster and his merry band of pirates. But until then, I am Drew. And I'm Matt. And we're out of here. Hope you guys have a great week. And we'll be back next week with the continuation of Rogue Galaxy. Bye.